Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos, Danny Rawling, and Ghost of Gladstone Villa. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we check out the sadistic murderer known as the Gainesville Killer and a mysterious and unusual ghost. Get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos. Number 1. Danny Rawling Originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, Danny Rawling would spend a good portion of his life terrorizing victims by becoming one of the most brutal serial killers in Florida's history. As a child, he had it rough. His father James was an abusive and sadistic policeman who physically and emotionally abused his kid even as a baby. Although he had a brother, the object of his father's hatred was almost always aimed towards Danny. When he was just 13 years old, the two got into an argument and James pinned him to the ground before handcuffing him and throwing his son in jail just out of spite. His mother Claudia was equally terrorized and had tried several times to leave but always came back. She succumbed to a nervous breakdown when Danny was 9 years old, leaving his father even more antagonistic towards the boy. When Danny turned 18, he joined the U.S. Air Force, but was discharged shortly after because of drug abuse and drinking. He went on to marry Mather Halco in 1974, but it wouldn't last, and he left her and their daughter by themselves in 1977. Rawling became a drifter, and that's when he began his first robberies. During this period, he was arrested several times for stealing from convenience stores, and in 1985, he robbed a shop in Clinton, Mississippi, and was sentenced to 15 years, but only served three. After getting out, he went home to Shreveport, and on November 6, 1989, Rawling committed his first murders. During a family dinner, Danny barged into the home of the Grissom family and killed Tom Grissom and his eight-year-old grandson, Sean, by stabbing them several times. Meanwhile, Tom's 24-year-old daughter, Julie, a petite brunette, was raped, slashed, and mutilated. Her corpse had multiple bite marks, was washed clean, and sexually posed in a bed when police found her. Despite the investigation, though, the crime wasn't linked to Rawling and went cold for several years. In 1990, Rawling had an argument with his father, and the two squared off. This ended when Danny shot his dad in the head before fleeing the scene. Claudia, who was living with the family again by this time, called police, saving her husband's life. From here, Danny drifted again and ended up camping in a backwoods area of Gainesville, Florida. In August of 1990, he began his murder spree, killing five students, most of which were studying at the University of Florida. On August 24th, he saw two freshmen, Sonia Larson, who was 18, and Christina Powell, who was 17, and followed them to their off-campus apartment where he waited. Eventually, he broke into the home and found Powell asleep on the couch. He stood in front of her for a while, but didn't wake her up. Then he went upstairs to where Sonia was asleep. He taped her mouth shut before stabbing her multiple times. She died while trying to fight him off, and then he went back downstairs and attacked Powell. He taped her mouth, bound her wrists, and then threatened her with a knife. He raped her and then forced her on the floor with her back towards him before stabbing her five times. Afterwards, he sexually posed the bodies and left the apartment. The following day, he broke into another student's apartment, that of Christina Hoyt. Once inside, he found she wasn't home, and so he waited and surprised her the moment she stepped inside. Hoyt was subdued, then taken to her bedroom and raped. Like the previous victim, she was also killed by being stabbed in the back. 
After that, Rowling decapitated her and placed her head on a shelf facing her body, no doubt to shock those who would find her. With news of the murders spreading, students were on high alert. Most students changed their routines and slept together in groups, while some even withdrew from school altogether. One student that took precaution was Tracy Pauls. She lived together with her burly 200-pound friend, Manny Taboda. But on August 27, Rawling broke into their apartment. He struggled with Taboda, but eventually overwhelmed him and murdered him. Tracy heard the commotion and went to check out what was happening. When she saw, she tried to barricade herself in her bedroom, but Rawling managed to break in. Like his previous victims, her mouth was taped shut and she was raped, then she was stabbed in the back three times. Her body was later posed, but Taboda's body was left as is. All the victims, save for Manny, were female, and all were petite and brunette, similar to the first female victim that he ever killed. During the investigation, Rawling wasn't initially linked to the case. In fact, there were two different primary suspects, including a former student who had a history of mental illness. But in September of 1990, Rawling was arrested and imprisoned for a burglary charge, and while police were matching his tools, they realized his connection to the Gainesville murders. It was discovered Rawling had been living in a wooded area where students would frequent to party. In his little campground, police found various recorded songs and poetry he created about the murders. He was charged for the crimes in November of 1991. Although he initially resisted a direct confession, he eventually relented and gave details of the murders through his cellmates. Rawling surprisingly changed his plea from a not guilty to a guilty one at the last minute. After this, he was sentenced to die via lethal injection and was executed on October 25, 2006. Number 2. Ghost of Gladstone Villa In the former mining town of Bargoed in the South Wales Valley of the UK was a large yet mysterious property called Gladstone Villa. Built in the 1900s, the property was named after former British Prime Minister William Gladstone. The story of a ghost at the villa was first brought about by a man named Andrew Dexter, whose family once lived on the property between 1968 and 1978. It was while staying here that he and his family were subjected to various ghost activities. After 1969, when Andrew was born, his mother began hearing strange noises coming from the attic. The sound seemed as if someone was jumping down from the attic, and when they investigated, they'd find the attic hatch open but without anyone there. Soon after that, the entity seemed to have occupied itself in the main bedroom, where it would often manifest. According to the family, they would hear footsteps coming from the bedroom. Andrew's grandfather, Bill, would try to pinpoint where the footsteps were coming from as they sat in the living room, and they would lower the TV just to listen. They were sure someone was walking around upstairs, even though no one was there when they went to check. The family also experienced unusual things like lights turning on and off, and doors opening and closing all on their own. A family friend suggested they contact a medium, and so that's what they did. When he visited, he tried confirming if indeed there were a presence there by asking the spirit to knock on the ceiling. As if on cue, the family heard a prompt knock back. A priest was then called to the property, and he came to bless the home. According to Andrew, after this happened, the hauntings became quiet for several months, but it came back, and this time with a vengeance. The first thing to happen was that full apparitions began to appear, starting with Andrew's mother seeing the figure of an elderly gentleman staring at her from the room by the staircase. His grandfather also experienced having a bottle thrown at him, 
barely missing him as he entered the main bedroom. Andrew himself also witnessed electrical cables being pulled out from the walls right before his eyes. The various activities haunted the family so much that they all took to sleeping downstairs with their lights on. Only their grandfather, Bill, continued to sleep in the main bedroom. It was here where Bill experienced waking up in the middle of the night and hearing something creaking on the floorboards. Then all of a sudden, he felt frozen and couldn't move any part of his body. Plenty more incidents happened afterwards and the family took to naming the ghost Johnny. Both grandparents heard a crying baby at some point, as well as seeing the boiler room door open without warning. Eventually though, they all moved out of the house and it was sold to two businessmen who transformed it into the Reds Park Hotel. When Andrew visited the location, the staff told him stories about the ghosts. Andrew researched the background of the Gladstone and discovered the Kimiat family had lived there in 1924. The newly married couple had a son named Elvin, but he died within four months of being born. Mrs. Kimiat died in the 1970s shortly before the activity began. Then there's also a monastery right by the Gladstone property. It's believed the elderly gentleman that manifested itself was one of the priests or monks. To this day, the Gladstone Villa, or what is now the hotel in its place, continues to be haunted. So there were two of the most killer and haunting stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel. We have new Scary Mysteries videos coming out every single week that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks again for watching, and I'll see you soon.